You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. Man, Oniro Trello. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Adi again, back with another deep dive for Gate 7 International. But before we get started, if you haven't done it already, guys, please hit that like and subscribe button at the bottom if you haven't done so already, and follow us on all of our social media platforms. Now, like I said, we're here for the last deep dive of the winter season, boys. None other then Joel Carvalho has been signed by Olibiakos to give us some much-needed reinforcements in the midfield, namely the attacking midfield position. Now, we have been linked with Carvalho before. If you guys remember last summer even, it seemed like he was on the verge of coming. Unfortunately, he didn't make it. We got Tiago Silva instead. Tiago Silva, unfortunately, didn't really work out too well for us. Oh, well. Let's see if the second Portuguese from Nottingham Forest can do a job for us this time. So, guys, Joao Carvalho, he's not the tallest guy. 5'8", 172 centimeters tall for those of you metric guys. Weighing in at about 150 pounds or 67 kilos. Small guy, pretty thin, all things considered. And in the tape that we watched, he's played primarily as an attacking midfielder. So he does play primarily as a number 10. However, in previous seasons, we have seen him play deeper in the center mid role. We've also seen him play on the left wing and the right wing, but not very much. Primarily, he's either the 10 or he's like an 8. And we've also seen him make some appearances as a center forward. In terms of the player profile, this guy is very, very technical. He can do lovely things with the ball at his feet. Intense amount of flair, ladies and gentlemen. Wide skill set in terms of the the moves that he brings to him. I mean, he can do just about everything. The, the ball just seems to be another appendage uh, for him. But what he seems to lack is the more physical attributes. And not strength, I mean more agility, pace, acceleration. It doesn't really seem to be there. And you'll notice when he is able to catch somebody on their heels or if somebody makes a, uh, let's say, a careless challenge against them, he makes them pay. I mean, whether he flicks the ball over him, snakes it around him, I mean, he could do lovely things. But if if he doesn't catch them on their heels or if he doesn't catch them making a, you know, a, a a careless challenge and they have pace or they're able to change direction. He doesn't always get by them. And that's very evident in the data. Unfortunately, you know, this season has been very poor in one-on-one dribble situations. He's barely, barely winning 30%. Uh, last year when he was on loan for Almeria, it was 44%. Uh, in his better seasons, he's closer to 50 or above. And again, it's, 
it's really the issue of whether or not he can catch the defender making a careless challenge or if he catches somebody on their heels. He doesn't seem to be the quickest guy. And that's what really, really, really seems to hurt him. And it's unfortunate because when you see somebody with this level of talent, I mean, if he just had a little bit more speed, it seems like, or maybe it could have something to do with conditioning. It's, you just had, if he had a little bit more of that acceleration or speed to get going, I mean, this guy would be a world beater. But then again, if that were the case, he, we probably wouldn't see him in our kit, you know? Uh, and, all I can say about that is it is something we can work with at the very least on the technical front. Um, on You also can see that lack of speed, lack of pace, lack of agility when he is on the press as well. Because in the beginning when I was watching film, I thought to myself, "Is this, this guy doesn't seem to want to press. You know, it, he just seems to be lollygagging as it were. But then... The more I watched, it was, there's no way he's just this lazy all the time. And then when I was watching him getting beat, trying to dribble past people because he was so slow, it dawned on me that he might just not be that fast. And perhaps the effort is there. He's just not the fastest guy. So keep an eye out for that. Again, I don't know if this is a conditioning situation. When I watched earlier seasons of him at Nottingham Forest, I didn't see him this slow. So I I think maybe some conditioning is necessary. Maybe we can get him to that original first-year set of performances when he was at Nottingham Forest. Uh, moving on from the dribbling, his pass accuracy is quite good. Uh, most seasons, he's in the high 80s. This is a bad season for him this season. It's been a down season for Nottingham Forest. He's been in the low 70s. And I have to tell you guys, it's like a Jekyll and Hyde with the, with him. I mean, when he's on, he is on. And he doesn't seem to ever put a foot wrong. He can put together some magical things. I mean, flicking balls right over defenders, gorgeous chips, through balls, you name it. But there are just some games where he doesn't seem that he's altogether with it. And he just looks out of place. So there is a little bit of that inconsistency, especially in the last couple of years, is a thing with this player. Now, I can say this. He does take risks. This is both a good and a bad thing. We've talked about with younger players, they don't take risks. So you can't tell sometimes if the vision is there or not because they're, they're not quite as likely to make a risk or make a bad pass because they want to keep things close to the chest. They want to play the sure thing. He's not really afraid to take a risk. Sometimes it can be a little bit overboard. Maybe he tries to be a little too cute with a chip here and there. Maybe try to nutmeg somebody, but he does take risks downfield. And for a midfielder, especially an attacking midfielder that we want that creative thought process from, this is something that you do want to see from him. But we hope that we can see something that has a little bit more purpose and something that isn't very wasteful. Moving on to his defensive attributes. Um, a lot of people have compared him to Tiago Silva in many ways. If you guys remember Tiago Silva, it felt like every time he went for a challenge, the guy was trying to end somebody's career or he was about to get himself a yellow card on whatever challenge he was trying to make. I didn't see that with Joao Carvalho. I saw somebody that, especially closing down players with the ball, was a little bit more patient 
better, sure-footed, and very solid, at least at holding somebody up if they had the ball to wait for his teammates to get back. What I did not see is the ability to telegraph passes from the other team very well. So it, you know, in times when he's in the midfield, there were times the ball's being passed all through the midfielder, and you're wondering where they are. And he's positionally doesn't seem to be very aware, defensively, I should say. Tiago Silva was very similar, so it doesn't necessarily surprise me. It's just something I want everybody to be aware of and and look out for because he is not the best on the defensive side of the ball. He's very poor in the air as well. Uh, not a lot of attacking midfielders are great in the air. He's also not very tall either, so this isn't something that shocks me, and it's not something that surprises me either. So once again, not very good in the air, and even with loose balls, he doesn't win a lot of loose balls. The big difference here when you have a 10 that's a ball winner, like Agibu Camara, is that you can spur counters like that. Don't expect that from Carvalho. He's a solid player with the ball at his feet, but he's not going to win a lot of balls. He's not going to be intercepting a lot and creating a lot of situations on the counter for us. What he does do is maintain possession well and create in open play, which is something that we have been very, very, very much lacking. In, in that department at the very least. Uh, as far as fouling, he doesn't foul that much either. I mean, it's not foreign to him, but I don't see him making a lot of stupid fouls a la Usain Uba or even like Thiago Silva used to. Uh, he Nothing like that. Maybe He does get frustrated on the occasion, and I did see that at Nottingham Forest as well, but I didn't see it to the point where it was affecting their play. So... Bringing it all together, all in all, what we're getting out of this player is a maestro on the ball. He has incredible technique, whether it's passing and the flair that he has in dribbling. Vision downfield, Fortunis-esque, guys. I mean, this guy does have talent, a whole bundle of it. Not so much on the defensive, but what we're lacking is creativity. I honestly could care less if a number 10 at this point that we pick up has defensive ability. I, I want somebody that can help us break down defenses. And he has that capacity. Consistency is going to be a thing. Again, like Tiago Silva. Tiago Silva had his flashes with potential. And more often than not, we got nothing out of him. So is this going to be another player that we see lovely things from? Dribble through one or two people just to play a lateral pass to his left or right or is this a guy that's going to open defenses up for us and make dangerous plays i'm telling you from what i see he has a larger capacity for that than tiago silva i told you guys when tiago silva was brought in i didn't see much special i saw a guy with flair that but didn't do anything with it this guy has flair and in his heyday did something with it he struggled the last two seasons but i think coach pedro martins can do something with this very, very, very low risk. I mean, we don't know what the actual fee is that's being paid here. Marinaki to Marinaki. But I can pretty much guarantee you guys that this is a low risk transfer. It's another one of those low risk high rewards. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm not expecting anybody to be a world beater. I'm not expecting somebody to lead us to victory against Atalanta. But I am expecting somebody that can fill in for the time being. I don't expect him 
while we're on the topic, I don't expect him to really blend in to this team right away. He does not seem like that type of player. He's going to need time to get to know the team and work around him. He had an inst- he had not an instant effect for Nottingham Forest on the tape that I watched in that first season. It was more like a couple games in, he really started to kick it off. So don't expect something right off the bat from him because I'm not. All in all, I think this is a good transfer. We need somebody with some type of creativity, and he does have a capacity for it. It's just going to be up to Coach Pedro Martins to figure out how he's going to get it out of him on a more consistent basis. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed the latest deep dive from Gate 7 International. Joao Carvalho is a very exciting player for us, and this is going to be the last deep dive of the season until the summer transfer window. Unless, of course, we bring in a loanee from somewhere. Well, who knows? But I hope you guys enjoyed this. Thank you all so much for listening. And once again, this is Gate 7 International. We'll see you next time. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL. Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Thrilos, he said. Στο μυαλό κάτι μαγικό.